What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Serious, SX workers on Reddit, what's your approach for special cases of clients, like obviously depressed, sad, sick individuals etc, what was the most unfortunate case you've ever encountered and how did it affect you? I worked as a pro dom many years ago, and there was one particular session that I'll always remember. The gentleman was in his 40s or 50s, and initially he just said he wanted a spanking session. During our negotiation right beforehand he told me it was important to him that I bring him to tears. He broke about 45 minutes into the session, and it was like a dam breaking. He sobbed and hyperventilated and wailed while I held him, stroking his hair and soothing him and whispering reassuring things, for nearly an hour. When he eventually calmed down enough to talk, he told me that his mother had died suddenly 5 years before, and that despite being devastated by it he hadn't been able to cry, not once. His grief had been trapped inside for all that time. He couldn't let go enough to express it before that day. He called me about once a week for several months after, just to thank me again, and each time he sounded brighter, happier. By the last time we talked he sounded like a completely different person than the man I had met. It was wonderful to see him blossom. It's not a job I would ever return to, but that experience with him made the entire job worth it. A few years ago I had a client book me for a dinner date. During the date, he started crying and told me he just got a divorce. He and I started seeing each other often and I actually met his daughters once. It wasn't planned. His ex-wife was a demanding bee. He loved his daughters so much, he loved to cook and would make this cute homemade lunches for them. He had a terrible time sleeping and he would often get drunk because he was trying to dull the pain. For a while he found a girlfriend but it turned out she just was using him for money. The last time I saw him he was talking about taking a vacation to Mexico. I didn't hear from him again for a while and I figured he must have found someone special. I'm not really sure what compelled me but I googled him. I found his obituary. To this day it kills me inside because maybe he wasn't really going on vacation. Maybe he meant he was going to kill himself. He died only about a week after the last time I saw him. I feel really guilty and I think of him often. He was a really nice person and I feel terrible that he won't see his daughters grow up. The one makes me really really freaking sad. 
When I was 18, I was a phone entertainer, phone SX operator. There was one older gentleman who called every Monday without fail. His wife had passed away and they'd never had any children, so he was extremely lonely. He just wanted to talk to someone. I had the option of giving people free minutes, up to one hour per month, so he got all the minutes I could give. We talked, like, literally just talked about life, for about half an hour each week. He just wanted someone to talk to and share his life with. He passed away about a year after I started. I never got last names, but our dispatchers did. So when he didn't call one week, I messaged one of the dispatchers to see if she could find anything on him. I got a link to his obituary that day. Turns out, he was just an hour away. I went to that man's funeral and just broke down. His sister was there, and I guess seeing a 19 year old girl crying like she lost everything got to her. I explained what he meant to me. I was in an abusive relationship at that time and he was the closest thing I had to a friend, and how much I would miss the talks we had. She ended up giving me his favorite car her jacket after our talk. I still use it every winter and think about how it felt to talk to him. I'm so grateful for the time I had to know him and I miss him so much. If it weren't for him, I would still be in that relationship, but he gave me the strength and advice I needed to leave. R.I.P. Huli, I miss you and still have a glass of Johnny Black every year for your birthday. That's really beautiful and made me cry. I'm glad you and Huli had each other. When I was sugaring, I know a client who would pay me serious bucks to dress modestly, light makeup, and tell me stories about school. It turns out he lost his daughter in a car accident, went to therapy to no avail, failed his marriage due to grief, and is very lonely. He simply misses little sunshine, I suppose. He called me sunshine. His gifts to me are also orthodox father gifts, a knit sweater, a journal, and once, a flower hair clip. He asked me once if I would like to go fishing with him. I declined. I played along naively at first, but then the situation made me extremely upset and I cannot deal with other clients. He was role playing so good. I guess sometimes reality slipped his mind. He asked me about dreams and goals, school, teachers, possible boyfriends. I sadly have to part ways with him after a couple of months. He understood that I have to move out. That is so sad. I hope he gets the closure he needs eventually. When I was a pro dom I saw all sorts of really sick people and was a therapist almost as often as a SX worker. But one guy in particular stood out. He was a cute guy in his 20s, a bit shy and nerdy, and his kink was getting repeatedly kicked in the balls as hard as possible. He begged me to sterilize him, which put me in such a difficult position. I wound up kicking him a few times, he came on the impact of one of the kicks, and then he started sobbing into my arms telling me that he didn't want to be sterile. I tried to talk to him to understand his fetish and see if there was a safer way to channel it, but I couldn't fully get through to him. It stood out because unlike a lot of other people I saw I could tell he was really struggling with his fetish and was truly afraid of the consequences. He probably should make a deposit in a sperm bank as a just in case to ease his nerves. I was a higher end escort in my early 20s. I had one guy that paid thousands of dollars for some pretty kinky crap. Lots of sea and adult toys involved, and jointly incorporated. He had a rather calm mental breakdown. Expressed his guilt because he's a married father. Always showed up in the family minivan. He asked me to take all his coke and adult toys and throw them away. Declaring that he was done living that lifestyle. I kindly obliged, kept it all in my closet for him. 
two trash bags full of corn cobs and just shy of an ounce of coke. He eventually called me asking for it back one day but I had just moved and threw it away in my apartment's dumpster. I locked the sea in a safe, used two rolls of duct tape for extra security and labeled it hazardous. I have sporadically wondered how he's doing. I hope he found peace, one way or another. Dang, that's a lot of corn cobs. I'm a pretty filthy individual but I can't think of enough variety of corn cobs to want to buy that many. Different strokes, I guess. Veterans coming home from tour will be out with their boys celebrating and in a split second a lap dance will go from raunchy to holding them while they cry. I think the physically close nature of a lap dance that resembles being held triggers something. Especially if an emotional barrier is down due to drinking. My approach is to let them be there as long as they need to be or until my bosses kick us out. It breaks my heart because there isn't anything more I can do. I want to tell them they can come back and cry as often as they want to and they're safe there but I think the feelings are just so large that they want to avoid ever encountering them altogether. Only two have come back and only one of those two utilized it as a safe space. When I got back from Iraq I got a haircut from a pleasant young woman. At the end, she gave me a head and shoulder rub and I broke down into quiet sobs. It was just me and her in there and she gave me a hug for a few minutes. Sometimes just someone touching you without violence is supremely powerful. I work in an adult club and we have a program for mentally and physically disabled people who are getting money from the government to come to us. The most special one was with a man who was mentally and physically disabled and couldn't speak so he could only let me know if he liked something with his eyes. One time means yes and two times means no. You need to take a lot of time and have patience with them. To me it's a big pressure to make it an amazing time for them and I always try my hardest so they can enjoy it. I always give them a little extra time because they only get in once every few months or so. Wow this is interesting. The program at this adult club. A lot of guys used to be really ashamed about it which I always thought was sad. I loved my job and the way I saw it was we're all safe consenting adults. I'm making a living and they should have a pressure free shame free way to enjoy themselves. We're all humans and the fact is lots of us like freaking. There shouldn't be any shame attached. Also I'd sometimes get guys who pretty much just wanted a nude female therapist. I remember having this one customer once though. This was at a strip club I worked at, and as soon as we went in a private room I started getting undressed and he quietly asked me not to and to just sit with him. Not unusual. So I did as he asked, he was a really intelligent bloke. An older guy, seemed like a sort of high up successful educated guy, he was really apologetic to me for just wanting to chat and I, as usual when this happens, tried to be reassuring and explained that if he just wants to chat I really am more than happy to, in the room with me, it sort of became obvious that he thought he didn't deserve to look at me, or at women at all, it was really sad, it wasn't about me at all, you could just see that this guy really hated himself. Like he just seemed so upset and disgusted at himself. And he was absolutely lovely. I wish I could help guys to not feel that way about themselves but sometimes there's just not much you can do. Reading this gave me legitimate anxiety. I'm still young but I see myself on the path to becoming the guy you described. I once got a call from a guy asking if my place was handicap accessible. I said yes and he showed up. I opened the door and he wheels in and I ask how he'd like to do it or what he was interested in. Turns out he was paralyzed from the waist down. 
He said he really enjoyed kissing to start but that any kind of nipple play drove him crazy. I alleged spent an hour sucking and biting this guy's nipples and it drove him crazy. I made my rate with no actual penetration and he seemed so very pleased to find someone willing to just suck on his nipples. Best appointment ever. I've also had a guy that messaged me saying he wanted to get to know me. This usually means he wants to bone for free and is trying to play my emotions to achieve this. But this guy was really just a lonely dude that worked too much and didn't have time for romance. I went to his place and just laid on his bed and talked for the entire time. I ended up doing this several times and felt really good about being able to be the someone he could just sit and talk to. Eventually he wanted it to go physical which was fine but then he started cheaping out on me because we are friends. Now bro I still gotta pay my bills. But initially it was very sweet. I was a so. I had a man in charge of a major charity organization that desire being degraded and humiliated. He was in this high position of power. Looked at as an influential and important man. He was able to change people's fates in a minute and he would call me for me to reduce him to absolute nothingness. The shift in power from his straight life to his secret life was major. I'll never forget that, that even the most incredibly powerful people need to relinquish control and give up the reins to others. I had a client contact me by text, and at first he just asked if I did kinky stuff. I said that it depends on what he wants, but that I wouldn't judge him either way. Then he described his fantasy little by little, escalating every time I said sure, I'll do that. First he just wanted me to degrade him verbally, calling him a nerd, say he's ugly, quite tame. Then he upped the degrading. He wanted me to come in, grab the money he'd prepared by the door and do my thing while telling him how sad it was that he had to pay women to frick him, and how no one would ever want him, and then leave. At first I was fine with it, but as he progressed and started getting into scat territory, come in, take the money, crap on his chest, leave, it was a bit far for me. But most of all, I started to realize that he meant it, it wasn't a fantasy for him. He genuinely believed that he was nothing but an ugly nerd whom no one would ever love or want to be with and that it was sad that he was forced to pay me to even touch him. I could not do that to another person. I suggested therapy and declined his offer, telling him that there is nothing wrong with paying for freaking if that's what you want, but that he didn't seem to actually want it. Reminds me of an old Reddit post where a guy really wanted to have a girl crap on his chest, he had fantasized about this for a long time and finally found a H willing to do it. It was all fun and dandy until, the moment the poop started coming out, he realized he was not into it after all. I had a client way back when I first started and was just barely 18. He was around 24-27, I think, and all he wanted was someone to tell his stories to. I'm very good at compartmentalizing work and play, but this guy was such a sweetheart and I knew almost everything about his life. He had really interesting stories and I ended up liking him like a friend. Every other day, we would chat, online, for a 2 or 3 hours before going to sleep and he gave me $100, $130 Canadian dollars, for every session. After around 2 months, he admitted that he was a disabled vet who had recently been discharged, lonely, and that he was addicted to talking to me and slowly draining his savings to afford it. He also slowly started getting flirty with me, when it had originally been very platonic, which I had reminded him of, and he hinted at the fact that he was falling in love with me. As a findom, I have strong morals when it comes to where the line is when clients spend money on me. Of course, everyone is a consenting adult that makes their own decisions, 
but lust is a strong emotion. I cut him off and told him that I cared for him, but I would not allow him to chat until he got in a better place financially. I never heard from him again. Jordan, I hope you're doing well. I turned to be an escort to get out of an incredibly horrible situation. I can understand why people make the decision to go into it willingly. The reason I got out was stigma. After a while, I wound up mainly doing pro-dom work. I put a twist on it. I'd sit down with clients, talk about what they wanted to accomplish, and we'd figure out a plan. When they fell off the plan, there'd be a previously negotiated consequence. Of course, I had some clients for whom it was just a fetish thing and I'd oblige. I had no problem either way as long as they paid. Well, this one guy seemed like it was just a fetish thing. I'd always meet for coffee to vet them. After the initial meeting, at our first actual session, he asked me to wear a shirt of his dad's. Weird but okay. Then he asked me to do rather painful things to him and he was rather specific about what he wanted done. Okay, that was literally my job. Then, he started to cry and asked if he could yell at me. He couldn't get over his childhood trauma. I did not feel safe being his outlet for that. Oh man, that's wild. Some of these stories, the prostitutes can be great ad hoc therapists, but sometimes people really need a trained therapist. I once had a very sweet young man come to me wanting to lose his virginity. In talking to him, it became clear that he had severe social anxiety and likely some other mental health problems. He had never kissed anyone romantically or gone on a date. He was an immigrant who had never received any adult education from his school or parents. He also didn't have any friends. I felt so sad for him. I told him that I didn't think it was a good idea for his first time freaking to be with someone he just met. I suggested that we just try kissing. He had never seen a vulva before, so I gave a little anatomy lesson. Then I very gently told him that he would probably benefit more from seeing a therapist than an escort at this point in time. Therapy isn't something normal in his culture, so I had to do some convincing. I told him that if he went to therapy for a few months and still wanted to frick me, I would do it. He trusted me, and he went to therapy. Several months later he emailed me and thanked me. He had found a good therapist and was starting to make friends. He was hopeful about finding a girlfriend one day, and had decided he wanted his first time to be special with someone he loved. I couldn't have been happier to lose a client. ETA, I'm getting a lot of comments that this story must be fake. I'm sorry you're so pessimistic that you can't believe that on one occasion. One person cared about another person. I'm not a son. I've done plenty of terrible things in my life. But I've also done some good things. I hope you have too. And if you haven't, it's never too late to start. I think I always tailored my approach to people as individuals regardless of mental issues, disability, situation and so on. A lot of guys are just looking for a girl to talk to and hold, come from all walks of life and have their own problems. One of the parts nobody really knows about unless they've been a H is how many lives you get to know. I had clients who died due to medical conditions or suicide in a couple of cases. I had a guy who was in and out of hospitals for years with serious depression and suicidal thoughts. He'd regularly be taken into a hospital as an emergency until things settled down and we'd catch up now and again. He told me he didn't have much libido and we rarely did much of that. I used to do this whole game a girlfriend experience thing and he'd mostly just want to play video games with me and talk about random stuff. He didn't really need to get laid he just needed somebody to be there for him. That's really sweet. 
There was one young man from Russia, he kept asking me about my mom and if I thought I was saved, if I was a Christian. Not as weird as it sounds considering I had made some comments on my public media about it. I met him once for a meet and greet and then once more in person. He had admitted he was a virgin and talked about seeing other providers but not consummating anything. We got to a point where we were almost there and I stopped us. The look on his face, despite him saying yes several times, told me he was going to regret it later. We ended up cuddling some but I never heard from him again after he left. I just knew that I didn't want to be the person he looked back on as an empty connection. I can tell you from experience, he would have regretted it the rest of his life. You were very good of him that day. Thank you. Honestly we're just undercover therapists the majority of the time. Listening goes a long, long way. I was an escort when younger. Client called saying he just wanted to feel someone touch his face and talk to him. Was a paraplegic. Wife stopped touching him and treating him as a husband after he became paraplegic. And it was her fault. There was a guy I saw in a duo situation. My duo partner has published about this before, who used a baby monitor to view only our feet, and was really uncomfortable about us talking, and wanted only our feet in the frame, but was happy to discuss his encounters with the cops with a car full of pee and baby monitors. I don't think he was a diddler, but his need to frame only our feet and be across the room, while urgently insisting we be quiet, gave me a sad feeling. I've heard some stories that sound pretty rough, but fortunately my own experiences didn't extend further than listening to guys who absolutely hate that they are married, or just hate their partner. I would usually employ distraction techniques if it started getting too deep as I didn't really know what the right thing to say was. Was always wary after hearing a story about a friend of a friend who had a client that misread her advice and appeared on the doorstep of her flat saying he'd left his wife for her. I met an older man one night while working as an escort. He asked me if I'd like a drink and then we started talking. We talked all the way through the hour and when it was up, he tipped me $100 and asked me to come again the following Sunday. He wasn't able to get an erection and so fricking was not possible. He wanted a friend and he found one in me. At the time I was on H and hanging out with him reminded me of who I was. When my boyfriend beat me up one night, I called him and he came and picked me up. Take off your sunglasses, he said. I took them off and showed him my eyes, black and swollen. God damn it. He took me home and took care of me until I healed. The friendship persisted. I went to prison and he wrote and called and sent money. I got clean in prison and I found God and I tried to tell him about it but he was not having it. Don't ever talk to me about that God stuff again he growled. When I got out I started a 12 step group and continued in my relationship with God. I was able to get my son back. I got a job. I went to his house one day, clean and clear headed and he was so happy for me. Then he pulled out an old family bible. He just wanted to show me. When he opened it, a polaroid of a naked woman came out. He was humiliated. He crumbled it in his hand. He didn't want me to see that side of him. I complimented his bible but didn't press him about God. A few days later I got a phone call. He had died. He was a good friend at a time in my life when we could both use a friend. I'll never forget him. He showed me kindness. I guess I needed to write this for me. Reading it over I see that he wasn't the one who was depressed. Sick etc. I was. 13 years later I'm still sober and I still hold him in high regard in my heart. Congrats and keep up the good work on being sober. 
I'm just a camgirl newbie, so I don't have any super serious stories, but I think one thing I noticed was how easily they grew to like me. Obviously I was naked but as a newbie, I talk and engage more with the people who watch me, but they said I was the most exciting thing they had to look forward to at the end of the day, and they just liked listening to me talk about my day, who I hung out with, what I did, etc. They don't have any other friends out there, so I might seem airheaded to consider a few of them my friends but I do. In terms of people who are depressed, have anxiety, etc, you encounter hundreds of them, like anyone in any industry would. Often you listen to them while they talk about their lives, sometimes you hold them while they cry, sometimes you just laugh along with them about the absurdities of the world we live in. Empathy and prostitution are pretty intertwined. I've had a few incel types, I just refuse to see them again because they don't respect me and a client who doesn't respect you is not a client you want to see. The only really sick one for me was a guy who told me a story about this time he was outside peeing and his dog started licking his dong and was apparently loving it. I was polite, but I thought I made it clear enough that it really wasn't something I was interested in hearing about. As he was having his shower at the end we were chatting in the bathroom and he told me he had some videos of his dog, and then I started thinking right so it wasn't this one time accidental thing then, and would I be interested in seeing them. I was still polite, but said that was definitely not something I wanted. The next day I received a follow up thank you email, not uncommon, from him. It had an attachment called K9 Mov or something like that. He said I said I would show you a video of me being licked by my doggy and how he makes me CM. The dog enjoys the taste obviously and there's no way he gets hurt or does anything he doesn't want to and offer to send more. But said it would just be a once off if not. I panicked and deleted it. Thinking I've now got freaking dog PRN on my computer. Thanks dude. He tried to contact me a few times after that for bookings. I ignored a few requests and then responded to one basically saying dude you sent me dog pee after I made it clear that was not something I wanted, please don't contact me again. Oh, he also smelt and had disgusting teeth, but that's depressingly not entirely uncommon. How did it make me feel? Not much to be honest, you get a pretty thick skin in this industry and you learn to not take on other people's crap. I'm an online SX worker and I've had people pay me for a obscene texting session that they used to just talk to me. I've had a lot of people tell me their problems and I always give them the best advice I can. I also always try to recommend going to therapy or reaching out to their loved ones if the situation calls for it. It's hard because I'm not a therapist and I can't really give them the help they need and I never know if they follow my advice to go get help. So I should probably use a throwaway but frick it. I was a sugar baby in my early 20s as a way to make extra cash. It wasn't necessarily a pay for fricking type agreement. More of a mutually beneficial relationship where I would get gifts and an allowance in return for a no strings attached girlfriend and boyfriend type relationship. Anyhow a guy had seen my profile and asked me out on a date. First date went well. He was shy and awkward. And ugly if we're being honest. But was incredibly kind and polite. He didn't try anything physical and that was a good sign for me cause most guys are just in for that which inst my deal. Second date I agreed to go to his house to watch a movie. When I showed up he explained that his wife had recently left him. She had cancer for 4 years and he was her main caretaker and after she was cured she up and left him for a much younger man. He asked if I would wear his wife's robe and jewelry and perfume. Which was very sad but also extremely creepy. 
He showed me pictures of their wedding and vacations and he talked about how he wanted kids and never had them cause she didn't. IT was so sad. After that night I cut ties. I told him it seems his heart was too broken and he was just lonely but I didn't want to have him pay me for companionship. Jesus. That's awful. I just listen. The ones that kinda have affected me where when they get too deep into me being their gf. The jealousy and anger. I always encourage professional help in a nice way. Some have taken it. When I was working as a cam girl, I'm now a sugar baby. I had this one client who was a regular, and I mean a few times a week kind of thing. He was very submissive, wanted to be a pay pig, wanted to be degraded, wanted to be insulted, tortured, really anything bad you could do to yourself. He also had a 2 inch hard dong. The money was good and I knew these kinks existed so I went with it and played the online abusive dominatrix and made a very nice amount from him. After a month or so of us having sessions, we started to tell each other about our lives. He told me about how depressed he was, how he was a virgin and basically scolded by females constantly. It was to the point that it even turned him on I guess. He was a client for a few months until he finally told me that he lost his job a while back and had been spending all of his money on me and now he was completely broke. I don't know how to feel about this. We haven't spoken since then and it's been over a year. I wish I could understand him and the way he thinks. Really any men who have this overall fetish. I don't understand this extreme level of masochism. For a brief moment in my life. I was a broke young gay guy looking to pay bills so being a sex worker was an option. The only guys I got were older. They almost never wanted to freak. We would go to bathhouses, their houses, or even just meeting up in public and spending time there instead of going anywhere private. They all wanted one thing they weren't getting elsewhere. They wanted intimacy. They were desperate enough to risk getting busted with an amateur H to fulfill the need of intimacy. I wouldn't even have to be naked for some of them. Some had wives and families they loved so much they didn't want to risk hurting or shaming them so they stayed in the closet. Some had careers that meant they had to remain single in order to keep their jobs. Some had figured out their preference just really late in life. They all wanted someone to talk to that just accepted these unfortunate facts as real and spoke with that person rather than who they pretended to be. And I feel no shame in that part of my life. I've done plenty of regretful things but this was a true eye-opener. It really helped me turn how I saw people around and become kinder and more patient. I wouldn't be as far along as I am now without that experience. There are times I may not value myself but those desperate old men saw me as someone safe to talk to. I'm aware my experience might not qualify me a prostitute, even if that's what I thought I was doing at the time. Still, I feel such experience was relevant to the conversation. I'm a cam general, and a very chatty one at that. Lots of the men who visit me tell me that half the time they're not even jerking off. They just like hanging out in my room because I'm a good conversationalist, which I appreciate. There was one guy, however, who was my regular for a few weeks and it was obvious that he was pretty lonely. He eventually bought a pair of my panties so I gave him my email. He started writing me poems, sometimes through email, sometimes in my chat room while I was live which was a little awkward but still sweet. He also started emailing me these very long messages talking about his personal life and how he's the sole caretaker for his mother so he doesn't get out much. He had made a friend on the internet a while back and started video chatting with her regularly. Then one day he watched her kill herself on Skype live in front of him. Said he had trouble getting on the internet after that. 
but he was slowly reintroducing himself and my cam room was a big help. The relationship ended when he came to see me one night and asked to take me to dinner, which I declined because I don't do meetups. He immediately went on a rant talking about well I guess all of this doesn't mean anything then huh which I just pretended to be confused about and then he left. Makes me sad, really. I always made an effort to respond to his emails and let him know I was there if he needed to talk, that my cam room was a safe space for him. But boundaries aren't always an understandable concept for camming clients and a lot of them get frustrated and move on when we can't give them that in-person experience. Sailor Vi. Why would she kill herself in front of him? That's just beyond awful. A few years ago we had a guy who would come in for dinner every night and would spend his entire weekends in the club. Always very respectful and kind. Would pay girls to sit and talk to him or have dinner with him. Over time you just seen him getting sadder and sadder. Turns out he came to Australia to work full time to send money back home to provide for his siblings and mother in hopes they would have their visas approved to come here for a better life. He was never married, had no kids and all his family still lived in the Middle East. Their visas were denied and he couldn't go home because they would lose the only income they had. He was so depressed that the girls would start taking shifts on him throughout the night to make sure he was never by himself and always had someone to talk to. He paid for a dance from me one day and asked if we could just hug and he broke down in tears. I know a few of the girls spent time with him outside of work to make sure he was doing okay and he seemed to be getting better but then one day he just stopped showing up. No obituary was ever found he never told the other girls where he was going. He just disappeared. I still have positive thoughts for him. For his safety, he might be seek another job and in another place. A little possibility to left his family out of the blue. My guess, the new job is offering him better wage and he can board his way. Thanks for sharing and caring for him. For you, he might be just a human being. But for him, you might be his savior angel. I once had a special needs customer come to my club. I took extra time to make it special for him because you know I care about customer service and I'm a nice person. We set boundaries, explained stuff and tried my best to give him a good show and make him happy. I tried to not treat him any different too. It's all about communication. It's so weird that SX workers could care about customer service like a company, but I totally understand why. A guy couldn't get it up. Asked him if he was feeling stressed. He was. He had just traveled back to Mexico to help his aunt clean up the aftermath of his uncle's murder so she could move back into the house. Just heavy but crap. He only paid for a HH but stayed closer to an hour just talking about what he needed to talk about. He had a lot of PTSD related to cartel violence he had grown up around and was the only male left in his family because everyone else had been lost to that lifestyle. There's one guy that comes to mind. When I first met him he was kind of weird but a generally nice guy. Asked that I wear cotton dresses, little makeup, no perfume and cotton panties. He absolutely loved giving me butterfly kisses on my cheek with his eyelashes. He would spend half his time trying to ask me about details of my life. I know I could have lied to him but I just refused to answer. He would get so sad. He would beg for any little detail about me and it really skeeved me out. He obviously had a daddy daughter fetish that he wanted to live out. He got pee when I changed my hair and got a tattoo that made me look less like a teen. Anyways, poor man had heart trouble. He had a freaking heart attack the night before we had met and he warned me that he took a Viagra. I was so scared that he was about to die in front of me. That was the last I saw of him. 
pretty sure he was trying to go out having a raunchy time. I once had a client who booked for an hour, and when he came in he said he really needed to relax and get his mind off some things, so I asked him what was wrong and what could I do to help. Turns out his best friend of 20 plus years had died the previous week in a car crash. We spent the entire hour with me just holding him. It was intense, and I am really glad I could provide some comfort, comma. People need more connection than they are currently receiving tbh. I worked as a cam girl and a stripper, honestly the best approach, in my experience is to just listen, especially with stripping, there were nights I made buckets and buckets of money just listening to people talk, I had a client in particular that was a very well off lawyer, he was married and had kids and would come in and have one drink and just vent, if we ever went in the back for a dance the majority of the time it was just talking as well. I think sometimes he worried about people recognizing him. Sometimes he didn't even want to talk. He just wanted to listen to me talk. He was very intelligent and I honestly enjoyed his company. We had some awesome conversations. I had other clients that were clearly depressed about their life situation or had a crappy marriage but felt obligated to stay because of the children. Working at Hooters was similar to stripping in the sense of the clientele. You're essentially putting on a show and have to be on to earn your money. While it's disgusting the amount of men that come in because for whatever reason they think getting laid by a Hooters girl is some sort of featuring. We also had lots of guys who were clearly a bit socially awkward to say the least. I always felt bad for those guys because although I was never fake to anyone, as with any customer service job, you're generally always going to be nice to your customers even when you feel like crap. Sometimes these guys would leave their phone numbers on the receipt and I'd feel bad wondering if they genuinely thought I was going to call when I was just being friendly like I would to anyone else. The Hooters I worked at is the largest and located in the downtown of a very large city so we'd get lots of businessmen traveling in. Sometimes they needed to just vent and a lot of times they'd try and pursue you to come to whatever hotel they were staying in close by. I never did, but I knew other girls who would party with businessmen and a few that would take advantage of any guy with money they could find. I sugar. I had a guy whose ex-wife had a diagnosed personality disorder. He was a really good guy, but his ex-wife had really done a number on him. All he could talk about for months was his ex-wife, and the one relationship he'd had since her. He was super paranoid about the relationship with his ex-GF, who he was seeing before he met me, and still won't set foot in a room with either his ex-wife or ex-GF. I just listened, got to know him, and got him interested in hobbies outside of Facebook stalking his exes. Our relationship was built on finances, but also mutual trust. We both had clearly defined boundaries, and stayed within them. It helped him in digging himself out of the pit he was in. I ended up closer to him than a sugar baby should be to OSD, so it led me to redefine my boundaries. Overall, it was a gratifying experience to see him grow. I had a client when I was 18 for about a year who was really into water sports, which was normal enough. But as our sessions went on he became obsessed with Raoul playing public shaming scenarios. I would act as his mother or teacher who put him, a tall, muscular, blonde 26 yo, in a frilly pink dress, tights, and heels then publicly spank him for pee in his new clothes. Then he wanted me to roleplay as an abusive therapist who debauched him. This became his favorite scenario. His requests became more violent and unsettling. Eventually he started complaining about his dad in short remarks about him being a dong or not understanding him. 
He seemed really sad, but if I tried to ask him about it he'd just shut down or cut the appointment short, but he'd still pay for the entire session, even though I'd tell him it wasn't necessary. The more he complained about his dad the more violent he'd want me to be toward him. I got the feeling that the lines he wanted me to say were things his father said to him. One day he just stopped messaging me and I haven't heard from him since. I think about him a lot and hope he's okay and that him and his dad resolved whatever issues they had. I'm a guy who's done some cam shows myself. I've had PM chats from a couple guys where it's obvious they don't really have much life outside the internet. There was one guy in my first month or two that was always on when I was. He'd request music I happened to like and we'd chat about exercise and life. Turns out I convinced him to start spin classes again. He once said I think we'd be friends outside this and I took that as a cue to back off the PMs a bit. Haven't been on a ton recently but also haven't seen him on. Hope he's doing well, but I don't intend on meeting him IRL. That's most of them for me. I just listen, notice and reinforce positive things, etc. I do have a degree in psych and have volunteered for crisis lines and generally read books and taken trainings about how to help people, or at least not harm them. I think my reviews made it that way. It's probably less for other people. People are so isolated in our culture. Healing from most mental health issues happens in the context of relationship, but so many therapists don't really provide that. CBT and DBT can give people tools all day long but it takes a safe attachment to transmute trauma and evolve personality. People are so resilient and beautiful, they have something inside them that just keeps reaching out, wanting to form connections that facilitate growth. To me, that's the most beautiful thing in the world. So many people just need to be witnessed in their pain and still treated as an equal. Some people have to do a lot of drugs with a my prostitute to get themselves to that point. I also get a consistent trickle of men with physical trauma who want to work on it outside of a relationship context. With someone they know will treat them with care and respect and has a few tools for dealing with things that come up. For some people I'm more like a vivacious life coach. One client was a virgin when he started seeing me. Since then he's lost almost 300 pounds. He works out. He's traveled. He recently had a medical procedure that was so needed, etc. Anyways, you mix that up with some crazy fetish scenarios and some dudabras that don't avail themselves of my brain or heart and I've got the best job in the world. I am a stripper, does that count? I have so many stories, omg. As far as depressed individuals, I swear I feel like a half-naked therapist more than a dancer sometimes. As far as sick, there's one guy in particular that come to mind. I deal with all types of fetish stuff, but there's one guy I see from time to time and he is into really extreme domination. So extreme I'd say it crosses the line more into master slave than dom sub. He is into pain, like he wants to be slapped, choked, kicked in the balls, etc. He wants to be humiliated, wants me to write B on his forehead in lipstick and walk him on his hands and knees through the club. He always asks about that. Spoiler alert. It hasn't happened. The humiliation is the key. So whenever I encounter customers that have some fetish, I will usually oblige. But my requirement is that it had to be in VIP where it's private. Because I don't want other customers to see and uh, get ideas, or b, not want to spend money with me because they think that's how I treat all customers or don't understand what's going on. But he wants people to see, and I just can't do that. I am perfectly aware that people can have some really freaky kinks, and lead totally vanilla normal lives outside the bedroom. 
This guy worries me though. Just because what he talk about is so extreme. I feel like this post doesn't do the best job of conveying that. Sorry. The amount of pain he once inflicted on him. How he wants it all public. I have to think there's some kind of mental illness involved. I haven't seen him in a couple months. I wonder what happened to him. I've never encountered someone that stood out as particularly depressed sad sick or anything. Some lonely guys. But nothing extreme. Once a guy did tell me in detail about how he couldn't really sleep with his wife because she'd been violated at gunpoint and it really changed her and on and on and I felt really bad about that. Well, my dear, I am a sex worker, clients that are depressed, etc. are people that need our help. One should always encourage them to seek professional help, if their mental state is something us as sex workers cannot handle. I have a client that is known for his depression and he refuses to go to a counselor. We do have an agreement that he need to reach out to me when he has suicidal thoughts, etc. If I feel that he will not get help but wants to kill himself, I will contact a mental health organization and request that he have a psych eval, as now he would be a danger to himself or others. Personally, the money is less important when it could to helping someone that clearly needs to the help, JMO. Not technically exactly really a true legal sx worker but of all the people I've entertained there was one who was really depressed who I gave a bit extra attention, doing a lot more than I had to, and he seemed to love it a lot, also was the first proper male client. Trans female sx worker here, I've had a few clients claim to be virgins before meeting me and maybe two I believed, that's genuinely not a problem for me except that it often comes with a complete lack of maturity, and I have to pay more attention to directing them not just myself. It also takes a lot out of you to be teaching someone how to use their own dong for, potentially, hours a day. I have had clients who appear depressed, or on something. And those clients I just try to make them as happy as possible while escaping ASAP and then quickly blacklist them. Unstable clients are dangerous ones. And trans girls drop like flies in the flesh trade. A high percentage of the clients I get are straight men in their 40s who never allowed themselves to experiment but find themselves most comfortable with a woman's body. Those men I sometimes feel bad for. I've had guys on their knees in front of me. Stop a BJ to look up into my eyes and try to convince me how straight they are. I just feel like that's a bad omen for their relationships. But then again, so is seeing escorts I guess. You have been visited by the romantic doggo. Comment love is magic so you never fall in the friend zone. Like and subscribe you magnificent person. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.